Today, we're diving into one of the biggest episodes of the year. That's because I'm sharing my top 15 games of 2023, as well as unveiling our next huge Kickstarter project at the end of this episode. If you like board games, then there's no better place to be than right here, right now. My name is Nick Murray, and you are listening to the Bitewing Games Podcast. What makes a favorite game? Is it the way it consistently entertains or surprises you? Challenges or delights you? Welcomes and invites you? Is it found in the excitement you feel to show it to others? The hunger you possess to return to it once more? The need to climb higher and explore deeper? The memories you smile back on and the people you share them with? No doubt, it is all of these things. A game is only as good as the experience it hosts and the emotions it generates for those at the table. Yet, it's the players who fashion so much of that outcome. The perfect game for me might just be the worst choice for you. Despite our differences, we find ourselves here. Me sharing my strongest recommendations and you hoping to find at least a spark of opportunity and or vindication. What could be more human than the desire to find and share common joys? I'll warn you now that if you consider medium or heavy complexity games to be real games, then you are in the wrong place. For 2023, my top 15 games of the year list is the lightest it has ever been, by a lot. Not because I've sworn off heavy gaming, I enjoyed another play of Carnegie just last month. And I'm looking forward to ARCs this year, thank you very much. Rather, there wasn't much on that end of the spectrum that caught my eye last year, especially compared to the lighter games. I still managed to play 53 new releases for what it's worth, but unless a heavy game is promising to become an all-time favorite, I'd rather explore new games that are easier to get to the table. So perhaps you hobbyist gamers will get more value out of this list if you look at it as a best light-to-medium games of the year list. That's mostly what I spent 2023 exploring. It's what I generally prefer to play and publish. Either way, the following are my personal top 15 out of the many that I discovered, researched, and played. And it's worth noting that I've intentionally excluded Bitewing Games publications from my top 15. As a daytime dentist and a nighttime cardboard vigilante, Any design that we choose to champion will obviously be one that I love so much that I personally see to its fruition. But rather than bump another game out of the top 15 spotlight, I'll simply share afterwards what I love about each 2023 Bytewing release. I'll also grant some special awards to other games and expansions. And like I mentioned, I'll be revealing our next massive Kickstarter project at the end of this episode. So, let's celebrate 2023 gaming, shall we? Starting with my number 15 game of 2023, Witchcraft. Barely squeezing into my top 15, but no less impressive is the newest solo experience from Salt and Pepper Games. Witchcraft sees you leading a coven of witches, who must protect the village while defending their innocence against skeptical jurors. Across this journey of deck deconstruction, you'll repeatedly face the tough decision of when to oust your witches to the public to utilize their more powerful abilities. Featuring rich character illustrations by Albert Montes 
and tough gameplay decisions concocted by David Thompson, Trevor Benjamin, and Roger Tankersley, Witchcraft stands as one of the best solo game releases of the year. That was my number 15 game, Witchcraft. My number 14 game of the year, Sunrise Lane. Easy, breezy, family-weight games don't typically catch my attention unless they play quickly and include a bit of spicy interaction. These next two games managed to pull that off and hit the spot. Sunrise Lane is a clean tactical romp of playing cards and claiming matching colored plots of land with stacks of your buildings. Where players can extend off of each other's buildings in new plots, you'll constantly debate whether to draw more cards for a later bigger turn or seize the moment now to claim open plots. Not all plots are created equal though, and covering a high value space with a stack of your buildings can make the most satisfying score multiplier. This tactical opportunism is balanced nicely against the three end game competitions that players shouldn't ignore if they hope to win. That is my number 14 game of the year, Sunrise Lane. My number 13 game, Sea Salt and Paper. Sea Salt and Paper finally reached North America in 2023, and it appeared to do quite well for itself. This affordable little card game caught my eye, and probably many others, with its charming origami artwork. As I mentioned in my first impressions episode, the gameplay offers a breezy, simple experience with a few sharp edges, much like its art form of choice. I've still only played it at two players, but it has been a joy every time and earned its place on my shelf of small box card games. That is Sea Salt and Paper, my number 13 game. My number 12 game of 2023 is none other than My Island. My Island is the hexagonal-based sequel to one of my all-time favorite polyomino games. It certainly twists and contorts your brain in new ways as you wrestle with the challenge of fitting its shapes together on a hex grid of island spaces. And that Kinesia Legacy formula is as compelling as ever with a whopping 24 scenarios of rules tweaks both large and small. Thanks to its addicting progression and easy approachability, My Island is the multiplayer game that saw more plays at our table than any other 2023 release. That is My Island, my number 12 game. My number 11 game of 2023 is That's Not a Hat. It is true that few games are as bafflingly simple as That's Not a Hat. Yet it's also true that few games are as amusing and engaging as That's Not a Hat. This party-style filler game of gifting and re-gifting sees players quickly forgetting where all the roaming gifts are located and secretly pivoting to lying about their offerings. It will never stop being hilarious to watch a friend or family member forget what card is sitting in front of them merely 60 seconds after it was gifted to them. <laughs> That's why this small, fast, unassuming box is indeed not a hat. It is a winner. That's my number 11 game of 2023. That's not a hat. My number 10 game, Sail. As mentioned in my intro, 2023 was a year where lighter games thrived, at least at my table. And it was a year where two-player games soared, or in this case, sailed. Sail is the first exclusively two-player game to land on my list thanks to its unique experience and gorgeous presentation. Cooperatively sailing a ship across perilous seas via the medium of trick-taking is a challenge unlike any other. I've enjoyed the journey thus far, and I look forward to facing down the trickier scenarios in the base box and expansion. That is my number 10 game of the year, Sail. My number 9 game of 2023, Lacuna. The refreshing two-player fun continues with the abstract pawn distancing game that is Lacuna. 
from the moment you remove the cap from the cylindrical box to the moment you slide the box back onto your shelf, you are in for a wonderfully peculiar treat. Sprinkle the many flower tokens across a large cloth circle, and then dive right into the thinky tussle. Lacuna is all about claiming invisible lines between matching tokens to earn you those tokens, and positioning your pawns closest to the vital unclaimed tokens for the end game swing. It feels as timeless as it looks, and that's why it's my number 9 game of the year, Lacuna. My number 8 game of 2023 is actually a series, it is the 4-1 series. Namely Galactics, Kniffle, Schwartz Rosen, and Number Up. The 4-1 series is what happens when the world's greatest board game designer, Reiner Knizia, gets serious about solo gaming. His trademark approachability and ease of play is on full display here, as are the tension and drama of surprisingly tough decisions within a series of push-your-luck challenges. In each game, Reiner starts with a clever core concept and then ramps up the difficulty while mixing up the rules across 20 episodes per game. I've enjoyed all four of these games thus far, with Galactics and Kniffle only edging out the other two thanks to their spicy dice chucking. I really hope these exclusively German games make it to other regions and languages soon, because they absolutely hit the sweet spot for me. That is my number 8 game of 2023, or in this case games, the 4-1 series. Galactics, Kniffle, Schwartz Rosen, and Number Up. My number 7 game of the year is Havalandi. In 2023, Reiner Knizia treated us to another title in one of his most conquered genres, strategic tile placement on a shared board. Admittedly, despite the credentials behind it, Havalandi is probably destined for a niche appeal due to its subtle strengths mixed with production frustrations. Several early adopters of this late release have complained about the lack of clarity in the rulebook, and certain public objective cards, few as they are, aren't suitable for all player counts. But none of that stops me from being utterly delighted by this game. There is an indescribable thrill to rolling the die, advancing the airship, scouring your restricted tile placement options, and adapting on the fly. No pun intended. In many ways, hot air ballooning is the perfect theme for this design and how players, like pilots, must make do with what the wind gives them. Even the launch of this game has been more turbulent than ideal, but for me, the ride has absolutely been worthwhile. That's why it's my number 7 game of the year, Havilandi. My number 6 game of 2023, Trio. Alright, who had this on their 2023 board game bingo card? Two of the best small box games of the year are memory games. <laughs> That's not a hat being one, and Trio being the other. Perhaps by making forgetfulness feel more casual, funny, and expected, these designs manage to overcome hobbyist prejudice towards the genre and soften our hearts toward their antics. And the same can be said for Wandering Towers, which is another 2023 release that just missed the cutoff of my favorite 15. Like the best fillers, Trio is a game that begs to be played and enjoyed multiple times in a row. You'll hunt for matching cards in hopes of forming a set by forcing opponents to reveal their highest or lowest card. The challenge lies in remembering what cards everybody else has shown you. That is my number 6 game of the year, Trio. My number 5 game of 2023 is Sky Team. The deeper I dig into Sky Team, the more I like this two-player cooperative game of landing a passenger airplane. Like others have mentioned, it feels a bit like The Crew, a legendary trick-taker where communication is limited and the objectives are tough. 
Here, you take turns revealing a hidden die from behind your screen and positioning it on the board to trigger an action such as steering the plane, controlling the engines, preparing the landing gears, and more. Sky Team goes the extra mile by providing a huge list of scenarios that present a mix of interesting modules. Thanks to its streamlined rule set, rhythmic flow, and quick playtime, it has become a favorite choice for our date night activity. That is my number five game of the year, Sky Team. My number four game of 2023 is Patterns, a Mandala game. I already noted how 2023 was unusually strong in the two-player department, with titles like Sky Team, Lacuna, and Sail landing in my top 15, and then others like Match of the Century and General Orders World War II not being far behind. On top of that, we enjoyed many multiplayer games that are fantastic at two players, including My Island, Sea Salt and Paper, My City Rollin' Builds, and more. But despite all of the amazing innovations and unique experiences that these great designs brought to the table, I must accept the truth that one game rose above them all. Straight from the first play, this humble, abstract strategy game knocked my socks off with its tight design and layered decisions. And proceeding through even more plays, Patterns continues to, as the kids say, slap. Perhaps that's just the tile placement lover in me letting my true colors show through. But either way, I can't think of any other completely abstract dueling game that gets me as excited as Patterns. That's why it's my number four game of the year. Ooh, here we go. We're into the top three. My number three game of 2023 is Viking Seesaw. And I might just be off my rocker putting Viking Seesaw among my top three board game releases of the whole year. But it successfully overcame a glorious onslaught of dumb fun fillers and stands strong atop its mountain of prized corpses. How is it possible, you ask? How can such a trifle of a toy be ranked so highly? Well, it's simple really. I've managed to show this game to a wide variety of gamers. Hobbyist gamers, buddies from high school, in-laws, strangers, and more. And it has been a hit. Every single time. My favorite aspect is how it challenges your perception of physics and surprises the table with unexpected successes and funny failures. Now, some folks, perhaps those who take themselves too seriously, might be unwilling to emotionally invest in a teetering ship of piling cargo. Understandably, they'll come away unsatisfied. Or maybe it simply depends on the group's attitude. But for me, Viking Seesaw easily takes the award of smallest box with biggest thrills. That's why it's my number three game of 2023. My number two game of the year is none other than Ticket to Ride Legacy Legends of the West. Now, confession time, I haven't played Ticket to Ride in years. I first started logging my board game plays back in 2019, which is now, unbelievably, five years ago. And I haven't logged a single play of Ticket to Ride in all that time, across 2,600 plays. Apparently, I merely own a copy of Ticket to Ride so it can collect dust on my shelf, at least until my daughters are old enough to try it. Considering how much my board game tastes have changed over the past several years, it's safe to say that I have no clue what my current feelings towards Ticket to Ride are. At least that was the case until we started Ticket to Ride Legacy. It turns out that I quite enjoy this big, expensive box of trains and train tracks. 
I wish I'd been able to finish the entire campaign to make sure my opinion doesn't drastically change, but we're more than halfway through at 7 plays in, and I'm still having a blast with it. Yes, there is still a bit of that familiar potential for late game swinginess, where one player can luck into a few completed tickets, while another draws hot garbage. Indeed, the legacy features are merely a growing glob of gameplay elements bolted on to the core rule set. True, this isn't going to convert any Tickets Right haters or blow away any legacy connoisseurs. But we've enjoyed the surprises and twists that unfold from the solid core system, and we've appreciated the extra measures it takes to keep things smooth and focused. Looking at all the experiences that so many 2023 releases have brought me, Tickets Red Legacy has been the ultimate comfort food for this hobbyist gamer. It's like coming home to mother's cooking after years spent abroad. Only, mom has added a few nice spices and seasonings to her cupboard to keep you on your toes. That's why it's my number two game of the year, Ticket to Ride Legacy, Legends of the West. And finally, we've made it to my number one game of 2023, which is Mlem Space Agency. The cats reign supreme, both in this futuristic sci-fi setting and here on my list of the top board games of 2023. Now, look, if you don't understand why this game is my number one release of the year, then you simply need to understand me a little better. For one thing, I love Reiner Knizia designs, usually. I generally prefer games that are easy to introduce to anyone, interactive, surprisingly deep, and rewarding of repeat plays. That's basically Knizia's entire wheelhouse. For another thing, I love a good push-your-luck game where the thrills are high and the busts are meaningful, but not soul-crushing. I also love games that get the entire table emotionally invested in their drama. And I love games that offer tough decisions, often forcing you to pick between following your brain and following your gut. For me, Mlem hasn't just been another board game, it has been an event. You, my fellow players, and I are no longer humans. We are not entering our brains into a contest of optimization puzzles. We are not here to crown the smartest homo sapien of the sorry lot. Nay, we are catstronauts. Together, we are boarding this rickety rocket ship and blasting ourselves into the great beyond. And you will remain strapped in until you lose your nerve and bail on a nearby moon or planet, or until we erupt in a ball of flames and fur. Don't worry, we still have our nine lives, but only the bravest and cleverest cat will earn our ultimate respect and admiration. Mlem boasts so many moments that I love about board games. Shared incentives, unexpected betrayals, seemingly impossible probabilities, moments of selfishness, moments of loyalty, lighthearted banter, hilarious failures, glorious triumphs, you name it. It follows that legendary Keynesian philosophy where players will blame their mistakes on bad luck and credit their successes to their own brilliance. It makes use of dice in ways that are gripping, seductive, agonizing, humorous, regretful, and delightful. It strings players along a space-traversing journey of temptations that vary based on your current castronaut ability and the evolving game board. It's a goofy game with a lot of heart that cements itself as a favorite in the push-your-luck genre, and that's why it's my game of the year. So congratulations to Malem Space Agency. But we're not done with this podcast episode because we're moving on to the awards section, starting with the best reskin. Now, with all of these awards, I'm going to award one game officially, as well as list some honorable mentions. 
And of course, pretty much all the games on the best reskin list are Kinesia titles, as publishers love to bring back his old classics, both hidden and known. And the best reskin award goes to none other than Ra. A top-tier board game receives a top-tier makeover from Ian O'Toole and 25th Century Games. Enough said. But some honorable mentions for the best reskin include Pollen, Classic Art, Foodie Forest, and Photograph. Next, we have the Comeback Award. This is a game that I haven't played in years, but it's still just as great as I remember it, if not better. And the winner of the Comeback Award is Onitama. I got the chance to try this again recently, and actually it wasn't even my own copy. I do own this, it's on my shelf, I just haven't played it in ages. And I had a blast, we played it multiple times and I got my butt kicked. <laughs> Other honorable mentions for the Comeback Award include Llama, the card game. This is one that has gotten better for me over time, and I consider it now the Uno Usurper. So if anyone ever asks me to play Uno, I'm just going to say, let's play Llama instead. Another honorable mention for the Comeback Award, Pantunishtal. This design was originally published as the Great Wall of China, but Pantunishtal gives it a new Polish theme, and it is perfect. Next award is the Fall from Grace Award. <laughs> this is kind of the opposite of the Comeback Award. And the winner of the Fall from Grace Award is Medici. <laughs> yes, indeed, it is now gone from my collection. Because the more I played it, the more I felt like it was too vanilla, too mathy, and too long compared to other favorite auction games. Plus, Medici the card game gives me everything I want out of the Medici experience. But Medici isn't the only one that has fallen from grace for my collection. Some other honorable mentions include Horrified, because the new spin-off game, <laughs> Urban Legends or something, soured my taste for the entire Horrified series, and QE, which is still fun, but I increasingly prefer the faster-paced High Society. Next is the Biggest Surprise Award, which only goes to one game. I have no honorable mentions. There were other surprises, but this one is actually more than one game. It's the 4-1 series. Because I figured that these games wouldn't be all that interesting being a solo series of games from Kinesia. The series looked pretty basic and obviously non-interactive, so how fun could they actually be? It turns out that these games are fantastic thanks to the addicting challenges built on solid core systems. These easily land among my all-time favorite solo games because they are so easy to get into and enjoyable to explore. Next award, the Novelty Award, which I give to Wandering Towers. Much of the joy of Wandering Towers comes from the simple premise of roaming stackable towers that trap wizards inside them. This is made even better by the fact that players often forget where their wizards are trapped. Wandering Towers does a great job of embracing simple, solid family weight gaming within this novelty. And an honorable mention for the novelty award goes to Viking Seesaw, because dexterity stacking on a seesaw brings a whole new element of suspense. Next category is the best expansion of 2023. And of course, I've got to give this to Mille Fiori, the Masterpieces expansion. This expansion elevates Mille Fiori from a great Kinesia game to an all-time favorite Kinesia game for me. That's thanks to the added jostling for turn order and extra considerations for which card to draft and play. Hopefully, it receives an international release soon. It deserves it. Notably, Devere plans to bring it to the US and a few other countries if enough folks reserve a copy on their website. Honorable mentions for Best Expansion of 2023 include the Quest for Eldorado, Dragons, Treasures, and Mysteries, which admittedly is not the strongest Quest for Eldorado expansion, but still a fun addition to the entire line. And I have to imagine that Ark Nova Marine Worlds would be another honorable mention on this list, but it's still sitting in shrink on my shelf, so that is to be determined. 
For this next category, we're going to highlight the Bytewing Games releases of 2023, starting with my favorite spatial puzzle of all time, which is Trailblazers. Trailblazers has cemented itself as my all-time favorite spatial puzzle game for a variety of reasons. It takes the pipey goodness of Ryan Courtney's Pipeline and Curious Cargo and distills that challenge down to pure, tense, thrilling route building. Despite its low interaction, the high skill ceiling and push-your-luck nature of needing to close your loops keeps it engaging for me. It's also the most versatile game I've ever made or played. It plays all the way up to 8 players in only 30 minutes, assuming you have a large enough table, yet it boasts 3 fully fleshed out solo modes that present a mountain of challenges. It works well with several modular expansions, and it's supremely travel friendly thanks to the clamshell case and carabiner. That's my favorite spatial puzzle game ever, published by us here at Bywing Games last year, Trailblazers. That leads us into my favorite negotiation game of all time, and I have a lot of negotiation games I love, but for me, Zuvatis is the one I love most. Likewise, I'm proud of all of our publications, but I'm especially proud of Zuvatis. Few things are as satisfying as the development journey that this game has been on. I uncovered a hidden gem from decades ago that was largely forgotten and written off by the industry, save for its most loyal cult following of fans. And kudos to you fans for talking about it online and helping me find this game to begin with. But after I discovered this hidden gem, I did a deep analysis on the strengths and weaknesses of Quovatis, presented my findings and suggestions to Reiner Knizia, witnessed him work his magic with some truly brilliant changes and additions, and collaborated with the talented Quanchai Moria and Bridget and Delicato to bring this new and improved design to life. Now, my reward is that I get to enjoy playing one of my all-time favorite board games and hearing other folks' great experiences as well. Man, this industry is awesome. Zuvatis is my favorite negotiation game because it's clean yet deep, fast yet thrilling, and welcoming yet rewarding. It always feels like a sandbox of possibilities, thanks to the negotiation tools and actions at your disposal. The ratio of game length to strategic depth is unmatched in the negotiation genre, and the opportunities for player interaction, cooperation, bartering, and betrayal are some of the most memorable in my hobbyist career. And as mentioned, that spans over 2,600 plays of hundreds and hundreds of games. And then my all-time favorite chaos game is none other than Gussie Gorillas. Gussie Gorillas holds a special place in my heart as its designer, who tested and enjoyed it with many groups, friends, and family over the years leading up to its publication. It is actually the design that led to the creation of Bitewing Games, believe it or not. We had an amusing simple card game that we wanted to share with the world and bring to crowdfunding, so we founded Bitewing Games. Of course, that quickly spiraled out of control and took me on a path to becoming a publisher of much bigger games from established designers and artists I love. But I'm glad that we still brought this design to life. Gussie Gorillas is my favorite chaos game because it's simple to jump into and funny to see how things shake out. You're simply holding up one or two cards at a time, facing away from yourself, offering a mystery card to others while trying to convince them to give you their visible cards. The fact that every card can either be really good or really bad for your score, depending on context, makes it feel like a bit of a roller coaster as you urgently try to put out fires and avoid more traps. The chaos stems from the simultaneous trading that happens in quick burst rounds of play. So 2023 was a great year for us here at Bitewing Games, putting out those three games, Trailblazers, Zuvatis, and Gussie Gorillas. Few things are as satisfying as making games you love. 
But we're not done with the awards here because we're on next to the best new-to-me game released before 2023. Every year, this award seems to always end up with me simply crowning yet another old Kinesia game that I tracked down and loved. Because in case you forgot, I did put out a five-hour ranked tier list with my buddy Scott of over 161 Kinesia games that we've played. (laughs) So I play a lot of these every year. But for this year, rather than just list yet another Kinesia for the best new-to-me game released before 2023, I'll instead list four of them. (laughs) In no particular order, number one is Tatari, a top three favorite push-your-luck dice game. Number two is Palazzo, a shockingly great Kinesia auction game. Number three is Chartay, the best micro game I have ever played. And number four is Cat Blues, an underrated Kinesia card game with unique auctions and tight scoring. There you go, the four best new-to-me games released before 2023. Next category, Best Game I Did Not Love, which is awarded to Undaunted Battle of Britain. It's the solid Undaunted system that you know and love layered onto an aerial combat game. The only reason I didn't love it is because I prefer the more strategically dynamic experience of the other Undaunted games. But this one I still think is good. And that's why it's the best game I didn't love. But I gotta give an honorable mention to Spots, a very charming game. It's just not as clean and spicy as I like my push-your-luck dice chuckers to be. Next category is the worst game I enjoyed. By the way, some of these are inspired by So Very Wrong About Games, a board gaming podcast that I love tuning into. So shout out to those guys. And this is one of those inspired categories, Worst Game I Enjoyed, which is awarded to Galaxy Cat Extension. This one is a very dumb Kinesia card game with just enough of his secret gameplay sauce combined with Japanese humor to keep me amused. And an honorable mention for Worst Game I Enjoyed goes to Wonder Bowling. Is there really any strategy or skill to how you strike the box and knock over an exact number of bowling pins? Probably not. But it's still an enjoyable filler. At least for me. I can't speak for the other people I showed this to. Next category is the Best Couples Game, which I award to Sky Team. Cooperative, simple, quick, and kind. That makes it easy for us to get to the table after the kids are in bed. But honorable mentions got to go to My Island and My City Roll and Build, because these legacy-style polyomino games make for an engaging campaign competition that never becomes overbearing. And finally, the last award of the best games of 2023 is the Up and Comer Award, which I award to Casper Lap, a game designer. I've only tried That's Not a Hat, but Casper has had a good variety of titles that have caught my eye, including Gods Love Dinosaurs, Fun Facts, Magic Maze, and more. Most impressive is how diverse these games all are. But honorable mentions for the up-and-comer award also go to Salt and Pepper Games, because Resist and Witchcraft are stinking good games and productions, Rebel Studio, the publisher of Malem Space Agency, as well as San Francisco and Meadow, which aren't too shabby either, and Ian O'Toole, an artist to watch. He could be big someday, who knows? And that's it for the best games of 2023. Which leads us to the final topic of this episode where we here at Bywing Games are finally ready to unveil our next huge Kickstarter project launching in March. Before we get into the descriptions, I'll mention that there are links in the description of this podcast where you can learn more about all of these games. We are publishing Board Game Geek posts where you can read about them, or you can simply go to the Kickstarter pre-launch page and subscribe to be notified for when the project launches. So without further ado, it is my honor to introduce to you the Jazz Collection. Starting with Bebop. Earn the highest ratings and book the best seats for music fans at the Jazz Festival. 
Bebop is an old-school shared board tiling game with a new feature, dual-layered placements of tiles and dice. There are 75 dice in this game. <laughs> game number two in the Jazz Collection, Shuffle and Swing. Managing Spectre Mice and Worker Cats to build jazzy instruments for giant musicians. Shuffle and Swing is a modern, multi-rondelle worker placement game with a unique twist of using opponent workers. This Euro game preserves timeless design ethos, clean systems, tight interaction, and focused scoring. By the way, all of these games play at 2-4 to four players, in case you're wondering. And finally, the last game in the Jazz Collection is Cat Blues The Big Gig. Bid for the hottest blues bands and book your big gig as you compete for the most mouse tips. Cat Blues The Big Gig is a classic hidden gem Kinesia card game with an evolved rule set, removing past flaws while enhancing exciting strategies. And there you have it, The Jazz Collection by Bitewing Games, launching on Kickstarter in late March. Much like the musical legends of jazz, we are blending ideas together and keeping it fresh. Don't miss out on this project. Again, you can subscribe to the Kickstarter pre-launch page and you can check out the blog posts that we are running all week to tell you more about these three incredible games. 2023 was an incredible year and I'm just as excited about 2024, both as a gamer and as a publisher. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Nick Murray and you've been listening to the Bytewing Games Podcast.